Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, PC Presents, the PC Presents podcast. Hey and welcome to episode number 10 of the PC Presents podcast. This week is going to be a slightly different or abridged version of the PC Presents podcast. Now, as you may hear um, very nasally, I've been very unwell for the past two weeks. Mixed in with sickness, I have been extremely busy with some other requirements, namely football and job searching. So, I do have some more interviews in the can. You will hear a little bit of one today. That is of the great Dil Rock Jaya Singer, a fantastic comedian that you have a few days to catch the remaining shows of his Melbourne Comedy Festival show in Melbourne. All the details are at comedy.com. Just Google Dil Rock Jaya Singer Melbourne International Comedy Festival and his show details will come up. And I will also put a link to the tickets and to his show in the show notes. And, of course, on the PCPresents.com website. So, again, I do apologize, guys, that this is a bit of a highlights package. We're going to, this week, because I'm still, I have been unwell for a couple of weeks, so I do apologize. I have had to uh, postpone a couple of interviews over the past two weeks, so it has put me back a little bit. However, we will be resuming normal programming very shortly. I just wanted to give you guys a bit of an overview for those of you that haven't listened before. Some highlights of Heath Scotland and Peter Hitchner. And also give a bit of a tease to an upcoming episode of Mr. Dilrock Jaisinger. Good friend and an even better bloke. You're really going to enjoy the episode. However, the recording, this was back in January. Uh, my recording equipment did cut off in the last couple of minutes. So that is a bit of a frustration. I've just cut up some highlights of our chat. Uh, we'll be publishing the full episode in the next couple of weeks. Stay tuned for that. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to my chat. And if any of you have heard Dill on podcasts before, he's certainly an extremely funny man, but this is certainly a different look at the great man Dill Rock. Uh, it's more about his life and growing up and his outlook on comedy. And we cover it like every other guest that we've had on or had the pleasure of having on PC Presents podcast is a different outlook or different view on their life and that's as i've said uh really one of the purposes purposes for this show so i'd really love if you're a fan of comedy please get along and support him he's an absolute great bloke as i said i've seen his shows each year and they just get better and better and better and seeing his growth is is a testament to him and his talents he was an accountant and we talk about that and that's one of the highlights we talk about him coming over as an accountant and transitioning into comedy which is one of his loves so unfortunately he is a Hawthorne supporter but he can't be perfect so we won't hold that against him I won't continue to flog on about sharing posts and liking posts that is greatly appreciated if you do go to the PC Presents Facebook page there's of course that button to invite friends to like the page just so they can get aware of it if you can do that that'd be fantastic thank you of course we're still running the PC Presents prize booty and last check I think we're around 35 to 40 5 star reviews which is fantastic and again guys I really appreciate that support greatly appreciated so thanks very much for that 
once we get to that, that big 100 mark, that prize pack will go off. So continuing to try and add to that prize pack, there's certainly some prizes. And on a fantastic or an exciting note, PEC Presents merchandise has actually come through. So I do have some t-shirts. I'm waiting on caps still. Uh, there's been a bit of an issue with the supplier. I've been uh, having a bit of a battle with that, which is going down really well while I've been sick. But these things happen. So I've been sporting the new PEC Presents tent. I mean, sorry, the PEC Presents t-shirt that i've been wearing very uh very nice got the old pc presents logo so again thanks to mr john wright who's done a fantastic design job on the logo so he's been a great support and saw him over the weekend he came and visited me in my sick bed not that sounds a bit wrong but um came and visited visited me and uh he taught me a few more things that i need to know about the graphic design business so slowly but surely I'll hopefully become self-sufficient and that has been the one good thing that while I haven't been doing as much podcasting I have certainly been doing more graphic designing and uh, video editing so trying to round out some more skill sets I'm sure of no interest to you guys so I do apologize the aim is never to come on and ramble but for some reason I put a microphone in front of me and then I continue to speak and it probably doesn't help that I haven't really spoken much in the past fortnight as well because I've been too crook. So, never mind. Enough of me whinging about being sick. I hope you enjoy this highlights slash teaser episode. What we're going to do is I'm going to throw to Heath Scotland. The first highlight is how he started playing footy, how he was introduced. Also about kids of today and the challenges and the differences between kids growing up in our day and also in these days and the distractions that they have and this is a an ongoing discussion and i'm sure or i know sorry that it was a discussion that uh, my parents had and your parents probably had and it's going to continue to increase so sit back and relax and enjoy different but still hopefully enjoyable pc presents podcast Against the flow is groggy and oh, still hasn't quite got up. That's why this game is tough. I'll say. Such courage against all the flow there. Is Simpson to Murphy. Will they give Fev one? No, Murphy running in and caresses it home. And Scotland's groggy, but he helped in all of that and he really is groggy. Scotland the brave. Start back at the start of your uh Started your sporting life, so to speak. You started at Dali. When did you start playing? Was that like junior footy? Did you start at like I know it's Oz kick these days, but it used to be like when I played Vic kick. Yeah, no, well, there was Vic kick, but uh, I don't think it really was up that region at that stage. Um, uh-huh. Certainly didn't didn't do Vic kick. Um, my first well, my first introduction into football was through my brothers, uh, my father, my stepdad, uh, all were involved playing football. So, geez, from, from earliest of memories, I was. I was at the football watching them play, okay. so uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the game, uh, started to, to, to love it, I suppose, and then um, yeah, ended up um, having my first uh, well, first game of football under nines actually at a, a club called Braybrook, where my dad was involved in, and played a handful of games there. And um, then my first full season was at Darley in under ten, so um, yeah, been in love with the game for, for many years. And were you always a bit of a jet, a standout, or? Um, Oh, and look, don't be modest, no, no. Look, I wouldn't say I was, you know, the best player. Myself. I was always probably quite, quite good. I was always in the top couple in my age group, but, uh, but by no means was I uh, by far the, the best player in my team. So, um, 
a couple of my good mates, we always have a laugh about. I used to run second him in the best and fairest every year. Ah. So, um, yeah, look, uh, it was for me football. Uh, my my um, probably ability in, increased, and I, I, I got improvement in my in my game just over the years through my dedication, passion for the game. I always had a football in my hand. And I loved footy. My, my idol was Dougie Hawkins, and uh, fortunately. We were uh, family friends or are family friends with him, so I got to see him quite a lot and that only just stoked the fire even more. Um, you know, I was a passionate Bulldog supporter as a kid, so okay. um, yeah, I just oh, I just love footy, so you know, I was always had one in my hand, always training, always playing, so I probably just naturally improved through the years because of that. Do you think that's something that's missing these days with kids? Because I've talked to a few people about this and I miss the days where you used to lock and obviously I wasn't driving when I was young, that'd be a bit weird, but I used to love kicking the footy at the front of the house. Mm. It's very, and playing cricket in the summer, you don't see that these days. You see the occasional people that play basketball, which I can understand with the NBA growth and stuff like that, but like you don't see, thanks mate, um, but you don't see, like you don't have to worry about like stopping every five minutes because there's kids kicking the footy. Do you think that saying that's lost, but like saying that, the skills of the game, obviously now it's full time, are so much better. So, is there a co- correlation between that? I'm kind of contradicting myself. I know, but yeah, I suppose my my take on it is, um, well, first of all, first of all, I think it is missing in the younger kids a bit more, just due to um, their uh, options. Um, you know, as a kid, I didn't have uh, many options of things to do. There wasn't like. Yeah, we. I didn't live in the city. Often I might have been in Sunshine on every second weekend visit my dad, but we were at football on Saturdays. Yeah, I'd see him on a Friday night, and then you know, bit of bit of family time with him on Sunday, and then go home. Uh, my week up at Blackwood, uh, a small country town with a hundred odd people living there, um, right in the edge of the forest. There wasn't a, a whole heap to do, but maybe exploring the forest as a kid, yeah. build cubby houses, cubby houses, yeah, kick a footy. Um, at school, uh, you know, my mates were all into football, so or sports, so. Um, yeah, we're always playing football. So, um, you know, for me, it wasn't a whole heap of options and nothing that really um, um, st- stimulated myself to, to do anything else. So I was football, 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 and most of my friends were country, up in the country and wasn't too much else to do. So the kids nowadays, I think, have so many options of things to do. You look at phones and iPads and video games and, you know, toys. There's a whole range of different stuff to do. Um, you know, then you go out and there's, you know, play centres and there's just so much variety now that um, that they've got choices and they probably don't hone in on the one type of skill which for me was football mm. um, so their early years they probably don't naturally pick up that skill level but then yeah, the flip side is you're saying the skill level of the kids coming in nowadays is so far superior and I agree I think every generation are getting better because the coaching is getting better yes. the the kids that are identified as uh, you know as being more elite I suppose uh, their, their training's more purposeful. Um, they're learning uh, more specific stuff than probably what we did from my generation and maybe the generation before. So, um, you know, like I said, the coaching's probably more um, more accurate in terms of honing in on their skill development and things like that. So uh, that's why their skill level is at a, at a level. They're putting hours into that to that skill at a uh, teenage years, I suppose, where we mightn't have as much at our age and the years before, but it was probably more going through just kicking the footy with your mates. Exactly. Been cut actually from the Western Jets twice, um, uh, and you know, forced my way back. One of them on my own volition, other one I um, 
uh, by the coaches invited me back. But um, you know, I don't sit back through that period. Um, just stay pretty hungry with it. And then that year, as a 17 year old, turning 17, the coach played me. I was used to playing against men by the time I went back to the Western Jets as an 18 year old. I was used to playing against men, and, uh, and confidence grew. And I had a pretty good year, which enabled me to get drafted. You obviously got cut twice. Mm. You said that your your own volition. Well, now I sort of laughed at one of the coaches now, but I was just under 16s, and uh, I didn't make the squad. And uh, Western Jets, and they said, "Look, hey, you didn't make it. Um, see you later." And I was it was a Friday, and I was extremely dis- disappointed and upset. And I said, "Oh well," and I just remember talking to my family about it. And I think the stepdad said, "Well, why don't you just go to train on Monday? See what they say." Ah. And I thought, "Well, you know, I was confident I could make the side." Um, and then, yeah, as a, as a 16, I went back on the Monday and I, uh, I made the, uh, I went to training and apparently, well, the, the story goes, the coach is going, well, what's Heath doing here? And no one said anything. I said, oh, well, obviously, uh, they're too, not scared, but they just said, oh, maybe didn't want to embarrass me by saying, you make it, so let me train out the night. Uh, then the Wednesday come up and I was there again and they were talking, going, well, geez, what's, um, what's he doing? And um, apparently at the end of that training session, so well, if he turns up Friday, we're just going to have to be blunt with him. So you didn't make it go. You know, <laughs> And um, what ended up happening was on the Friday I turned up to uh, to the training session and I had a practice match in intra club and short on numbers so they they used me oh. up said oh well we need him to play played well made the squad so it was oh, sort of oh, oh. Uh, you know that could have been looked at as a turning point <laughs> could have went back I suppose and um, never gone any further in my football but I was pretty passionate about playing footy and I was pretty dedicated and uh, self belief was pretty strong so you know I. Uh, you know, that's how I end up making that squad, and then yeah, look, even as a uh, under 18s that, that following year, as I played the full year in the Western Jets, I um, um, yeah, I made the big Metro squad and got cut from that. Um, fortunately enough, my form over the next four games were pretty good. Got invited back, played the played for Victoria that year, and um, Carnival was okay, but. You weren't picked though, but you just kept rocking up. No, no, I didn't, no, no. didn't keep rocking up that one, but <laughs> I was disappointed not to make the make the squad, but um. Fortunately, I went back and worked hard, and my form at the Western Jets for the next four or five games was pretty strong. Um, I got invited back and played a practice game, played well, and I said made the, made the final squad. We played the Carnival in Adelaide, and that's yeah, I was played some Brendan Favola. That's where I yes. formed the friendship with him. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a couple. I did a couple of good things from all reports in that game. Um, speaking to recruits after, which enabled me to get drafted. So it's funny how um, fate happens, and sure. um, you know, uh, how, uh, yeah, setbacks sometimes can be. Be motivating forces to, to, to drive you. Everybody, that's great. Selfishness is that something that you ever struggled with during your time? Um, in terms of the team and individual. Oh look, no. Um, look, it, you understand the environment. Um, and like I said, as a as a young player, so just probably to to, to narrow it down a bit uh, more clearly, you know. You get drafted to a football club, and you've got a you know, you've got a name to play a game. You play that game, you've got a name to play the season. You play that season, you got a name to play the re- to be a, a regular player permanently, and then to be the best player. Yeah, you know, there's elements of um, I wouldn't say selfishness, but individualism that you mm-hmm. need to, to to achieve those. But you've got to find the, the the right balance to be able to, to push yourself personally and achieve what you want to personally in that environment where it's team first and your best mate. You might be fighting for the same position. Now, you don't do anything to to um, demoralise his chances mm. or make it harder for him. 
um, you know, but you're working off with each other to push each other to get the best and hopefully that you can be better than him and you've got to have that belief in yourself. Um, and that raises the team. And some will go too yeah. far and it's all about them. Mm-hmm. And I think in a football club environment, it stands out like a sore thumb. You know, like it's, uh, you, it's, you can know, you, you can pick them um, you know, and you can see it and you can see the way they are and you can see players who are thinking about themselves and, and rep- representing the way they play their football uh, as opposed to when they're team first. Um, did I struggle with it? No, I, yeah, certainly I, I was uh, using the word selfish at times to, to try to um, get push myself to get ahead, but I always felt like I had the team first approach. It was balanced by team first. I'd never put myself above the team, and and values and expectations within a great good team demand that. Where I think I was selfish in my football career is from a uh, personal family position. So, you know, my wife's been with them since I was drafted. You know, I've uh, got three kids. Uh, football was always first. Now, it wasn't. You yes. know, family would always be first. But to succeed, I, you know, they had to Take form, a in, form into my lifestyle. If we are training in, I have to be there. If I have to eat this, I have to eat it. You know, like it's, it was all, you know, your, your family lifestyle is all secondary to being successful in football. So if there's a selfish part of, of um, uh, my, I believe, my career, it's, it's from a family perspective. Uh, putting myself first or the football club first, um, but you sort of have to do that. Absolutely. And they were, uh, were understanding, understanding enough to realise and supportive that you know, this is my ambition, my dream, my goal, my focus. That um, you know, they would adopt any sort of uh, means necessary to help me succeed in that. Um, now you transform out of football, you realise how um, that, that little bubble you're in, you know, how selfish it really is, and, and how much more you've. How much, how much your family might have sacrificed to enable you to succeed. And it's nice now to be able to balance life uh, and um, family first as opposed to football. That's beautiful. This is Heath Scotland and you're listening to PC Presents Podcast. Born in Inglewood in Queensland and grew up yes. on a grazing property. That's correct. What are some of your earliest memories growing up and where did your love of love and passion grow for the media? Was it on the farm? It probably was, actually, because in those days, uh, bearing in mind that this was in the 50s, um, where I lived was considered to be somewhat remote. It actually isn't anymore because transport is so much better and the roads are so much better and uh you know it's it's not remote at all but then it just seemed like it we were in the country and um you know isolated to an extent so i ended up listening to lots of radio the papers used to arrive one day late so uh, we didn't get the papers on the same day but radio news was something that was was uh, immediate and kept us informed about what's going on and so uh I think I probably got interested in news then because it was something that uh, just kept us in touch, kept the family in touch with the rest of, with you know, with what's going on in the big smoke. (laughs) And uh, there was no television here back then. That came in 56 for the Olympics and 57 when all the stations went on air. And, of course, because we were in the country, there was no television there for a bit after that. So it was radio, and uh, I've always liked it as a result. And those were the days where it was not just news on the radio, but there was uh, plays. Oh, yes, there were serials. 
Porsche faces life. Blue Hills from the novel by Gwen Meredith. And, and <laughs> I, of course, I grew up listening to that, as people in the country did. And then, uh, you know, my career took me some years later in the 70s when I worked for the ABC in Sydney. I actually got to introduce bulletins. I, I actually got to introduce the serial Blue Hills from the novel by Gwen Meredith in the studio with the actors who were reading the parts. So it was quite oh, exciting. Wow. Full circle for Yes, it. it was. And did you have many of those experiences, obviously being not just in TV but the media for so long, that you've yes. had those full circle experiences? Well, yes, things come and go. You, you meet people along the way and because the industry, you know, a lot of people make a career out of it. Yes. And uh, so you get to work with with people maybe more than once or twice in a career. I just, just, I've just seen one of the producers of our shows, uh, here at Channel 9, who I worked with, uh, back in the 80s when he was a cameraman on the floor at Channel wow. 9 in Melbourne. And now he's one of the executive producers, Jeez. Michael White. So, uh, it was just, just terrific. You just never know where people are going to pop up, but it's always nice to see them again. Absolutely. And as I can attest, the two times that I've had the pleasure of meeting you <laughs> is that you know everyone's name. From the, the cleaner to the everyone, it's well, just amazing. I don't claim to be infallible in that department, <laughs> but I do try because one of the things in life is just acknowledging people by calling them by their name. It's just good manners. A radio station, commercial radio station in Brisbane said, look, um, we, are, we are looking for someone to train uh, for, the, for our newsroom. Would you like to give it a go? So I auditioned for them. They hired me and uh, I, I started there. I can't quite remember or can't quite recall my age, but I was probably about 18 or 19. And uh, that's where I started to get really interested in and learning about broadcasting news, doing interviews, uh, editing them down so that you just got succinct answers and uh, being able to do so on the half hour because we always had a half hour deadline. We had to had to write and rewrite every bulletin. So that was really good. So I, I was there for a while and then and then auditioned for and joined the ABC in okay. Brisbane, um, again in Brisbane, and that's when I started doing TV as well as radio. But I'm, that said, I do love social media because social media is um, its just a way of instantly connecting with people, instantly getting feedback from people, and uh, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or Snapchat, whatever YouTube, it is. YouTube, Periscope or Pinterest, yes. That's right, all of those things. Um, and that changes. You know, I'm, I'm not doing so much uh, Periscope anymore. Uh, Snapchat's just undergone... A, a revolution, but I don't think it's a good one because I find it quite difficult to use now. Uh, yeah, I suspect, you're not the only one, mate. Oh, yes, yeah. everyone's saying it, and I think that that I, I would expect that they might sort of, you know, tinker with it a bit and make it a bit <laughs> easier to use. But all of those ways, all of those platforms allow you to chat to to people and let them know what's going on, and also find out from them what's going on. So if people have a story. Uh, and they send a direct message, great. Well, you know, if it's a story that we can do or if it's a story that stacks up or whatever, well, we'll cover it. I don't know if you remember, but I heard you on a podcast probably a year or two ago, I Love Green Guide Letters. Oh, yes. And I heard you on that and I actually sent you a direct message. It was my first interaction with you. And I was one, I was shocked that there was a message function available on Twitter for you. Yes. And two, you actually responded. And I think it was within the same day. And oh, that's you good. were just lovely. You were just saying, oh, thanks very much, Anthony. Oh, I appreciate it. 
and I was I was blown away, and I'm just like, you have, as I said, like you've got a, a fantastic reputation. Everything oh. that I've heard and my my interactions with you have been fantastic. Thank you. But with the social media, you are prolific with social media. Yes. Is that something that you wanted to get into, or was it something from the network that they've kind of pushed you into? No, it's something that I wanted to get into because I could see that it was a way of of making connections. You know, it's a, any any kind of broadcasting job, I think, is about making connections with people, especially in news, because mm-hmm. you know you want to you hopefully going to set up a relationship with somebody who likes what you know what the news is doing and finds it reliable and. And therefore comes back. See, the, the thing about news is you can, you can, some, you could be tempted to take a stick to a story and make it sound huge and important and dramatic. And then when people wake up the next day and discover nah, nothing to do with it, then it, it destroys the credibility and the faith that you have, the, you know, the kind of unspoken agreement you have with the audience, with each, you know, with members of the audience. So, uh, you just have to, Make connections and hopefully honor your commitment to people. And social media is just, is also a good way of doing that. Extension of that, yes. Yeah, it is. But the only thing is sometimes I get a bit, a bit slow in replying. I'm pleased you got your, your answer that day because sometimes it takes ages because it's just a constant thing and you have to work at it to keep up. Hello, I'm Peter Hitchener and you're listening to the PSC Presents podcast. So today we have one of Melbourne and Australia's biggest comedy stars on the rise. Dill is a self-deprecating, extremely loved underdog of comedy who was born in Sri Lanka but his folks sent him to Australia for a better life and to become an accountant. Well, that lasted all of six months before getting the sack. (laughs) Why, you ask? Because this jolly and humble man with one of the greatest laughs around town turned his focus on making other people laugh. And that's what he does, my friends. He makes people laugh. It's PC's absolute pleasure to present the king of awkward social misadventures, (laughs) innovator of the shirt nappy, (laughs) near non-existent love life, and has the same issues with Tinder as I do. It simply doesn't work. It's Mr. (laughs) Dilruk Jayasinghe. Welcome, Dil. G'day, Pierce. Thanks for having me. What a a lovely bunch of things to start off with and then throw in my Tinder failures at the end. (laughs) Not just Just you, mate. Just to even me out. I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, it's you and I reckon must have the same problem because I I can like all day and like all day and like all day. Right, 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 right. And rarely get a back. Are you still on it? Uh, I'm, I've got it on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't used it in a while. Just with now, we're in. Uh, we're recording this in Jan, and the comedy festivals all start. I start in Perth in Feb, and I've just been working on all the new material and stuff like that. So I've really not found the the jolliness that needed to be playing around on Tinder. You know what I mean? I'm just too focused on all that. So you'll get a show out of that in a couple of years, possibly? No, hopefully just not. The- I feel like if you get a show out of it, means that you something bad happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like I'd rather have it that's part of my life be kind of you know normal yes you know what i mean yes. not not exciting enough to talk about on stage you know what i mean i have there's too much yeah i'm, I'm scared about where didn't you go i'm sure i heard on i think it may have been adnesh's podcast or oh, that other awesome podcast the the one that ed cavalier and the triple m boys and jamie oh uh, yeah team effort team effort love yeah. that show as well yeah they're the best yeah uh, that you went to a date with um, Ugg Boots on? Oh, yeah, I said it on Josh Hill's podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was on the way to the Yeah, yeah, I was on the way to attend the date. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, my point is I always try to 
see myself as much as possible from day dot without you know so yes. i feel like Agboots is a good way to uh, say it i reckon that's awesome mate and, like, <laughs> and that's the thing with you mate like this since the day i've met you you didn't know me from a bar of soap and you've just been the most lovely generous oh, kind mate. of bloke you so know, it's, it's always nice to meet people who are lovely to you and you know support comedy stuff so it's always nice to sort of have people appreciate this silly business of us yeah, but you are mate like there's and there's not any comedians that I've met that haven't been nice. Yeah. But like you, mate, you've just gone above and beyond. Ah, like nice. all, I appreciate that, buddy. But like you've always been nice at like the Dum Dum shows. And then like when I, me and my mum, we got one tickets to see Will uh, for that stand special. Yeah. You guys were sitting two two or three seats up. Yeah, yeah. Like you said hello. And <laughs> like you just like, you're a man about town and you're so nice, mate. So, oh, nice. And uh, we appreciate you making time for us on Pierce Presents, mate. Mate, so. my pleasure. Absolutely happy to do it whenever I can. You obviously grew up in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have one brother, is that correct? That's right. I have an older brother who's five years older than me named Dilshan. So oh. Dilshan and Dilruk. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Sri Lanka. I was there till I was 19. Uh, so I left uh, when I was in, in 2004, I left Sri Lanka to come here uh, to Australia for uni. And I've been in Australia pretty much since. I do travel back a lot or home, but uh, but in terms of... You know, now my home is Australia. Australia, awesome. What are your earliest memories of growing up back in Sri Lanka, mate? Um, that's an interesting question. I reckon we grew up in a house where, because my my dad worked overseas, so we grew up in mum with mum and her whole family. Um, and there was this big house in in Colombo, and there was about fourteen people in total, I think, in the one house. So, in terms of early memories, I guess it was very noisy. I would say because we lived on one of the main streets as well of Sri Lanka. And um, so there's always traffic and noise mm-hmm. and sound pollution. And then all my, I reckon that made most of my uncles and aunties deaf, which meant that Gee. they would talk very loud to try and over the loud noise of traffic. And so if I had to think of early memories, I think noise is what I can kind of remember. But, but, you know, generally I still have memories of sitting on a chair that doesn't reach, you know, my feet don't fully go over, <laughs> drinking a bottle of milk, watching like... He-Man and She-Ra and, and the movie My Fair Lady for some reason it was like <laughs> which is to date my all-time favorite film like really? yeah 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 really? uh, I, the, I reason like I decided to call it my all-time favorite because it has always been in my top five since I was a kid so you know everything else has got, come in and out but that yeah, one has stayed so I'm like well well that's got to be the favorite one then hey that's right if it's been there if it's you? been there since I was three four you know so those, I guess, would be some of the more earlier memories. That's fantastic. Do you reckon? Because I know I'm I'm not as much as a comedy nerd as yourself. Right. I love all comedy. Yeah. And I believe not all comedians, but certainly a lot of comedians come from like big families. And like I'm an only child, so right. there was not really much competition around the dinner table to try and get my voice heard. Yes. And I believe comedian yeah. or a lot of comedians. Are, like the younger child or the middle child that they've yeah. got they got their voice has to be heard so they yeah. got more do you reckon that's I wonder I, I think they look I think if you, you can pick a position and maybe find enough evidence to kind of back any which way yeah. but generally there seems to be a trend where there are a fair few comics who are our second children okay. um, but I think you know like Will Anderson I believe is the oldest for example I think, I think, or, so, yes. I think and you know so there's never necessarily uh, an absolute rule like that, but they do talk about maybe overall 
what makes a comedian is like a distant father and an overbearing mother. <laughs> so you have the overbearing mother telling you that you're great and you can achieve anything and you're the best, and then you have a dad who's not giving attention. So you try and you try and uh, get his attention by being funny, funny and entertaining. That's a very good point. <laughs> As you said, you can make an argument for any which way, but right. yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, 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 it could be. It could be either way, but I don't know if that's necessarily the truth. But it's just a fun way to look at. Look at look at life. Maybe maybe there is a pattern. That's right, and that's that's the thing with life. You can look at it in so many different ways, and you can make judgments, and that's part of the, lo- the yeah. joy of life, I suppose. Totally. So, so you've got the one brother. I've heard about the the troubles that you had with your suit when you got married. You got married the last couple of years. Me? Yeah. No, he no, he he got, he got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got married in 2015. Yeah, I did a whole story about that when I was, um, I think a couple of years ago in my show. But how I. I think it was over there in July or June or something in Sri Lanka and we got my suit done for this wedding that was going to be in October and I went for the measurements there on a, on a Monday I think it was or a Tuesday <laughs> and then I went on the Friday for like a fit on just to sort of see if there's any last minute adjustments and apparently I put on weight between Monday and Friday because I because when I go to Sri Lanka I eat heaps right <laughs> heaps of course mum's cooking yeah mum's cooking takeaway it's like five meals a day I reckon I rack in so I chucked on so much weight between Monday and Friday Friday that his measurements were all off and he just cracked the shits and um, the, the tailor cracked the shits and then so I came back and I had this real kind of purpose to try and lose weight and I lost a fair bit Did, yeah. uh, and I went back and pissed him off again because all the measurements were now <laughs> too loose right but then it was still nice to be able to fit into the suit that you know absolutely that, yeah swings and roundabouts yeah man. <laughs> yeah it was fun it was cool so you you guys have a really good relationship me and brother yeah, yeah absolutely he's I would reckon he's my absolutely my best friend and oh, uh, yeah we've, we've been very tight from a I mean even the five years is a fairly long generally a sort of a wider yeah. gap we've been pretty close and you know he's my confidant and uh he's interestingly i would say he's actually funnier than me he just doesn't have the need to make everyone laugh <laughs> he's happy just making a few people laugh and has he got a similar laugh to you no no he hates my laugh he's uh he finds it annoying <laughs> which is really annoying for me yeah yeah, yeah he's yeah. like mate you're supposed to be supportive right especially okay. if he's funny as well you're probably pissing yourself laughing at him right right yeah uh, and he's like what are you doing stop laughing yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Is he sporty like you? Like, what do you mean, like me? I'm the least sporty. I mean, do I love? Yeah, like I I enjoy my sports. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say again, more so. He's he's a fanatical Sri Lankan cricket fan, and he very rare for him to miss a cricket match that Sri Lanka's playing. I, on the other hand, am sort of like a satellite supporter now because I don't get to see too much of Sri Lankan cricket, Uh, and uh, you know I I try and watch as much as I can. Like the if if the Ashes are on and stuff, I'll have in the background. But you know I couldn't necessarily tell you who the full Australian teams are yes. and, you know, who's who did well. Like, I know enough at this point, but as a kid, we're, we're talking, you know, every yeah. single match, Same. obsessed, you know, no certain stats, records and stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, we're mad. Like, my dad was a big sportsman. He played... Hi, this is Dilruk Jaisinger here, and I've just had a wonderful chat with my good mate PSC on his podcast, PSC Presents. It was always appreciated to see how much research that PSC has put into the interview, and it was lovely uh, being confronted from some of the questions that made me really think about uh, things and life, and that's always, always appreciated as a, uh, as a guest. So thanks, PSC. 
So thanks so much, guys. I really hope that you enjoyed the highlights of Heath and Peter, Heath Scotland and uh, Mr. Peter Hitchner, two fantastic previous guests we've had on the show, uh, two great guests, but even better blokes. And uh, kept in contact with Heath. He's an absolute cracking bloke. And if you do need any signage work, any promotional items, please uh, let me know or go to sopremiumsignage.com. They do fantastic work. They've just done the St. Kilda Marabin relocation. They've done a whole lot of AFL teams work along with retail. You name it, they basically do it. Um, Peter, he's obviously on the Channel 9 News weeknights. And Dilrock, our to-be-featured guest in the next week or so. As I said, go to the show notes and you'll see the link to his Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And I believe there'll also be the dates of his national tour as well. So this has been a shorter a shorter version of the PC Presents podcast. I hope that everyone enjoys it. We'll again, love to hear any feedback. Sorry for sounding so nasally and Kyle trying to edit it up and make it sound as good as possible. This is definitely the best I've uh, sounded for a couple of weeks. So do apologize, guys. But uh, thanks again for bearing with us. And I hope you've enjoyed this week's PC Presents podcast. Mm-hmm.